and welcome to the Totally Scottish Football Show. Totally Scottish Football with Totally Scottish hosts. I'm Andrew Slavin, and some of you might be thinking, why are Totally Towers doing a Scottish football podcast? Adam Rooney left Aberdeen for non-league Salford. Scottish football is dying, right? Wrong! It is the turn of Van Dijk! It is special! It is spectacular! It's where a gangly lad from Groningen can learn his trade and just a couple of years later become the most expensive defender in the world. And Gerrard! Steven Gerrard, we know the name, son. It's where Stevie G is making the first entry into his managerial CV because Scotland truly tests a coach's credentials. And it's where the most passionate fans turn up week in, week out. As Burnley's Jack Cork said this week, you just don't get that atmosphere in England. Today we are previewing the Scottish Premiership season and alongside me is JJ Bull, football writer for the Daily Telegraph. How are you? I'm very excited. Good man. We'll be looking at clubs in the order they finished in the Scottish Premiership last season, ending with the promoted clubs St Mirren and Livingston. We won't just be focusing on the Premiership on this podcast. Throughout the season, we'll be keeping you up to date with all the stories throughout the divisions from Alloa to Queen's Park. And later on, Adam Miller, aka Old Fun Facts on Twitter, will be joining us to tell us what makes Scottish football so entertaining. So let's start, JJ, uh, with the champion Celtic going for maybe an eighth title in a row, maybe a treble treble. So are Celtic stronger or weaker or about the same? Let's talk to Jim Burke, known as Barca Jim on Twitter. Barca Jim, welcome to the show. Do you think you know Celtic are stronger or weaker at this moment? Um, I think it's very much. I think they're the same as they were last season. I don't think we've really only lost at the moment Stuart Armstrong, and I don't think that weakens us unduly. Um, little bit concerned that we may lose someday in the. In the tra- you know, once the transfer window shuts and we'll not get a chance to replace them, Bayata, although not the best, I think he's better than we've got. That better than played last night, for example. Mm-hmm. So I'm still I'm still pretty confident overall. Do you think Celtic can attract a better player in defence than than Boyata? <laughs> that's that's a good question. I, I think. The great line for the untouchables when he said, "Look, you don't get the don't get the apple out of the barrel, get them off the tree," mm-hmm. and and that that's what Celtic <laughs> need to do. You know that like they did with Van Dyke. Potentially, Celtic now have got a business model that if they approach an agent, it's quite an easy sell. They can say, "Look, come to Celtic for a couple of years, win a couple of trophies, play in front of that great crowd, and then the club won't stand in your way if you want to make it. You know, if you want to move on." So there is a potential we could get somebody better. Um, mm-hmm. Just I don't know who it is. <laughs> will, it, will it be Will it be much easier if, if Celtic are able to progress um, to the Champions League group stages? You know, it's early doors even now uh, that that might happen. Do you think Brendan Rodgers is waiting for that moment to strike? Do you think he actually has options there? And maybe once that that he's passed this hurdle, we might he might go go for someone. It could be. I mean, because I mean, at the end of the day, Celtic financially run a very tight ship and if they know that they're getting the cash injection from the Champions League then despite the fact you know Peter Lobel will say oh we, we plan to do X, Y and Z 
there's no way that doesn't affect. So in that case, yes, there, there is definitely a chance that the purse strings could get loosened if we make it through. It'll depend a lot on uh, yeah whether you get through or not as well. Do you feel um do you feel Celtic will be worried about about Rangers this season? Is there a bit of a fear coming into it? Um, Fears I don't. Word. I don't know. I, I, a lot of fans when when um, Gerard got the job kind of compared it to the John Barnes era, but and I'm not. I'm not petty-minded or whatever. I'm not. This isn't a, a, a pop as such. I compared it more to Liam Brady. Um, now, maybe you guys are too young to remember it. I'm certainly <laughs> damn well not right. But the fact was, he came in with a reputation as a great player. But the problem was, Celtic didn't have any money at that point, and the infrastructure just wasn't there. So it was doubly handicapped. And and I don't think he understood at Celtic, Liam Brady back then, that he had to win every game. Now, Gerard, I think, understands that, but I still think that it's a big ask to come into a club the size of Rangers where you are required to win every game. I mean, Lampard, he's, he's kind of he's, he's kind of fellow newbie manager. He's at Derby now. He can win one, draw one and lose one. Yeah. And that's that will be okay. If Steven Gerrard does that in the first three games at Rangers, then, you know, the back pages and phone-ins and Twitter's just going to be full of, you know, he's just going to get caned. Well, that's it. <laughs> Until you've lived in that city during one of those, especially old firm games, it's really hard to to explain what it's like. Yeah. It's not, I don't want to say goldfish bowl, but it's... um. It's so you feel it. You feel the pressure. It's not. It's not. It's not like anywhere else in the world. And I know Gerard has experience of you know massive games and but but that's as a player, as a manager, when everyone is looking at you to make the decision and make the calls. It's a totally different pressure. And if you don't have the resources as well, that's the other thing. Like he's brought in players, but I wonder he doesn't even seem that happy with what he's got at the moment. I always think there's a there's a risk when it's it's kids. Um, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, Celtic are able to do it, but they've got they've got a kind of backbone, you know, of, of guys who've been at the club a long time, understand the club, and and, and can mentor. You know, like Sir Paddy Roberts is probably an example. I mean, he he kind of got bled into the team and in, but you know, for every Paddy Roberts that comes in and does something, there's players we've had in loan that just disappeared without a trace. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, well. You get the, the comments that you know Scotland's a pub league, blah blah blah. The pressure that's on you when you play for either of the two old firm sides is absolutely massive. And just some kids, and that's all they are at them, just can't handle it. Jim, do you think? Oh, actually, what do you think success for Celtic is this season? Um, the treble trebles is it, there, and and I think if we did that, it would be just fantastic. You know, because I mean, last year was brilliant as well. Um, I think from a personal point of view and, and my concern with a small C about Brendan Rogers is that I would like to see a bit of a pragmatism with him, especially in Europe. I think that, you know, I don't enjoy watching us getting six or seven goals taken off us by, albeit, you know, world-class teams, you know, teams that will go and be in the last four. You know, I don't want to see that. You know, and I would happily see us go back to the new camp and and string, you know, five across the back, four across midfield, and just make it a really horrible game to watch. Maybe scrape a draw. You never know. You know, sneak, sneak a goal. <laughs> um, but this 
going away, I'm not going to compromise, I'm not going to compromise, and then just getting picked off, it's not it's not fun, you know. And and I I would look to see some cognizance of that this season that there has to be a horse for courses when we make that step up. You're listening to the Totally Scottish Football Show with Andrew Slaven. So let's move on to last season's runners-up, Aberdeen. Summer headlines dominated by one big-name exit from Pataudry. Top scorer Adam Rooney, who departs for Salford City in the National League, run by the class of 92, of course. Rooney will be paid more at Salford, but how big a blow is this for Aberdeen? Do you know what, Andrew? I don't think it's that big a blow. I agree. Right, so it's. Um, I know there's more money down. Uh, Dan Seth was well, not. Doesn't sound like that. In that was terrible. Salford, does it? Well, however they sound in Salford, <laughs> right? So he's um, he's gone there. Cause, I mean, he wasn't a first pick for Aberdeen. Uh-huh. This is the thing people forget. He wasn't yeah. actually playing. He didn't even start that many games last season. Didn't score that many goals. He's not very fast anymore. Like, don't get me wrong. He's been a great player for that club. Mm-hmm. But he um, is not at his peak. It also, you know, Derek McInnes couldn't offer him a first team berth in the coming season as well. Yeah. So he's he's basically he's basically left for more money and he's guaranteed more game time. And that's it's an ambitious it project. Mm-hmm. Who wouldn't I mean it's like <laughs> it's like starting a you know, a football manager game where you start in the lower leagues and get I don't know, Scarborough into the Champions League. It's exactly. fun, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean it'd be a difference in the, the standard of football he's playing and it's one of those kind of random Lower League England sides, but I don't, I don't think um, I don't think it'd be that big a miss. I think Aberdeen are looking pretty good actually. They're uh, against Burnley last week. Uh, I was really impressed by how they played. Absolutely, they were excellent. Um, and to take the lead, albeit by a by a penalty, I think they 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 did. You know, a stonewall penalty. Yeah, it wasn't a penalty. I, I don't think it was a penalty. But no, that's well, I mean... it, it was well taken. <laughs> When you score, it's well taken. Do you know what I really enjoyed in that game was um, uh, Gary Mackay Stephen. He's the the left footed right winger. He's playing there, <laughs> and he's a bag of tricks. He's quite a Brazilian Scottish player. He doesn't really do as many tricks these days, though, does he? He did against Burnley. <laughs> he was at it. Ward was getting wound up by him. You can see he's doing the. You know when they put their hand over the. I mean, I can't. You know, this is obviously a podcast. You can't see what I'm doing, but mm-hmm. put my hand in front of my, in my mouth. Yeah, you can't hear that either. Anyway, <laughs> so Ward's going up to him, and he's. He's saying someone under his breath, which I assume isn't, hello, how are you? He's going, uh, stop doing those tricks because you're, you know, yeah, you're, or I'm gonna, you're annoying me. I'm going to hurt you. I know. And then Mackay Stephen starts laughing and he's like, it's properly laughing to himself, smiling all the way. And he's much better like that. Wound up, slightly happy. Nutmegs him, first touch after that. <laughs> he's, he's got that. He's, 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 his potential has never really been truly reached. And I, I remember when he came off the bench for Celtic to play Inter Milan in Europa League last 32 and he was probably one of Celtic's best players against Inter Milan and he was much younger then and he just needs he needs that little bit of you know is it it a rocket I don't know what he needs because sometimes he's absolutely amazing Mm -hmm. he's so Mm -hmm. inconsistent he is he is inconsistent oh god it's frustrating but but, uh, you know McInnes believes in him and I think that's something that McInnes as a manager has um, with his teams uh, well, more so with Aberdeen than when he was at um, at Bristol. Hmm. Um, you know, he he believes in his players and he gives them belief. How do you think JJ they're going to get on uh, in the coming season? I think Aberdeen will probably be pushing for second. I think they could they could do it. I'm not. I need to see more of Rangers to really work out what I think about them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I also think Hibs could be good. 
Yeah. I think Neil Lennon's a really he's not underrated, but he's just a very, very talented manager. Getting a, he gets more than he should out of certain players. Mm-hmm. The Derek McInnes is the same with Aberdeen. But, but do you think do you think Aberdeen actually have enough of a squad to stay at second place? Can they can they be runners up again this season? It's difficult. Kenny McLean's a huge loss. Yeah. He was a big loss for them. Um I think uh, the players that have come in, they look to be decent. Again, you just need to see more see them more. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very hard to say without only seeing a few preseasons and a couple of well, one Europa League game against Burnley. I spoke to McInnes uh, last season, and he said uh, what he really wants to have is a structured setup. You know, it's a very structured formation that allows individual talent to succeed, which is why players like Gary McKay Stephen like, bang on for him because yeah. as long as you keep things tight, then that boy can just create something out of nothing, and that's what he's building. But the good thing about that squad he's managed to build this season is that he's got options. Mm-hmm. So there's kind of there's not two players for every position, but there are different players. So Aberdeen can't attract good players, but they can get different ones. And they can play different systems then. Yeah, the boy Cosgrove, Sam Cosgrove, he played against Burnley last week. Mm-hmm. Um, he cost twenty thousand pounds. It's amazing. Like a student could afford him on their your yearly wage. It's amazing. I, I mean, don't know. Why I think a student has twenty grand on he's, them. He's bolstered his midfield. Um, you know, he's got Lewis Ferguson in from Hamilton. Yeah. Uh, he's got Chris Forrester in, Stephen Gleeson uh, from Peterborough and Ipswich. Um, but there is one more. But there's one more very good player in the books. Go for him. His name is Scott McKenna. Well, this is interesting because he is he is a quality defender, but he played well against Burnley. Yes. If he plays well, so as we record this, you know this is before Burnley face Aberdeen. Before um, a magnificent win for Aberdeen, or a close defeat. Well, an admirable it, performance. If this goes out again, we can use both. Yeah, they're going to edit the one that is the most <laughs> um, appropriate. Thank so you. It's, I mean, that's that's a that's a platform for McKenna. You know, if he plays well again and, and progresses with Aberdeen, somebody's going to be sniffing about him. Well, I, I mean, the problem now for Derek McInnes is. Having a player like that come through, of course people want to get them. Mm-hmm. And um, I know you and I have discussed between ourselves about the prices that players cost. And there is no way... Um, Aberdeen turned down a bid of £1 million for McKenna. He is, I don't think he's that much worse a player than Alfie Mawson. Where, where was that from? That £1 million, do you know who it was from? Uh, Hull, I think. Yeah, I mean, I do... I th- can't remember. I think it's Hull. I do, I do think that, you know, the way a lot of clubs seem to operate is if the money... Is elsewhere, and there are bids from those places. Yeah, they should pay the money. They should pay the money. Hey man, he's worth like definitely about eight million. I'd say eight to ten million. And it's twenty-one years old. He's captain Scotland. He was yeah. playing for Air like yeah. a, a year ago. It's amazing. It's absolutely nuts. Mm-hmm. And the boys come through. And again, I was, when I spoke to McInnes, he said that, that guy is a story to to look at. It's come mm-hmm. from absolutely nowhere. And just and the weird thing about him is that he's clearly got potential, but he just seems to have risen to. Oh, and like 10 levels above where he was, just in an instant. I don't know where it's come from. It's like when Vardy just went from nowhere to... Jimmy Vardy just went from nothing to being an England striker. It's like nothing. So let's go on to the other side of Glasgow and Rangers have a new manager. Uh, you might have heard about this. Steven Gerrard's first job in management is at Ibrooks. The Liverpool legend has already guided the Jazz to the verge of the third qualifying round of the Europa League as we record. Scottish football commentator and broadcaster Craig Anderson is our man in Glasgow and he's going to tell us whether life seems sunnier under Stevie G. Craig, how has the appointment of Gerrard transformed the mood around Ibex? Well, the appointment of Stephen Gerrard has been has been great for, for the Rangers support. They've been looking to, to hang their hat on someone who can come in and perhaps change a little bit of the fortunes around the club. It's been 
it's been mired in so much negativity for, for a long time now to appoint someone like Steven Gerrard, a man as a player we all know what he's what he's uh, all about, winning the Champions League and, and various other honours with Liverpool. He's a man they can really get behind and that seems to be the case so far that the signings he's brought in have certainly been positive in terms of the, the players that he's brought in Connor Goldson looks a, a real uh, prospect in the, the Rangers defence along with uh, Katic the, the Croatian defender Scott Arfield coming in in midfield uh, looks to be an interesting acquisition as well he's played uh, in Burnley for the last few years so he, he looks a really good signing also Interspersed with uh, the likes of uh, Morelos, uh, Alfredo Morelos has been at the club now under since the, the Pedro Cristina stint at the club, along with Ryan Kent, who looks a, a decent prospect. Jamie Murphy, who's been brought in permanently from Brighton, looks to be a, a good acquisition as well. He's got in some of the, the goals in the early stages with the European games and the, the friendlies. It's been a breath of fresh air. You know, Rangers have needed that for a while. And it looks as though it could be someone they can really get behind before the, the, the season starts officially and when they take on Aberdeen on Sunday. Uh, you, you mentioned the negativity around the club. Um, for anyone tuning in for the first time uh, who's getting themselves up to scratch with Scottish football, can you give us um, a bit of background onto that? Uh, how long's the show? It all started, obviously, with uh, the liquidation of the club um, back in 2012 and the the club was sold to Craig White. We've, you know, I could go on for, for a long time. Basically, the Rangers were, were sent down to the, the bottom tier, League Two. They had to fight their way all the way back up. Well, this is now their third season back in the, the top flight. Managerial appointments haven't really gone well. Mark Warburton was brought in uh, in Rangers' second season in the Championship. Got them up uh, relatively easily, it can be argued, but didn't quite carry that on into the, the first campaign and the uh, back in the top flight. Then there was the the appointment of Pedro Cachinha, which you know he brought in a lot of players that weren't really up to standard, and we're seeing under Steven Gerrard that these players have been sent back to the likes of Mexico and South America, and he's maybe kept one or two that have looked as though that they can they can do a job for him. But the Cachinha appointment was not one that was that was greeted well, and that was compounded with the the early European exit at the hands of Progress Niederkorn last year in the first qualifying round of the Europa League, but. Again, Stephen Gerrard's come in. It's a breath of fresh air. It's It's got everybody reinvigorated. They're excited about the season ahead. And hopefully they can maybe close that gap on Celtic and, of course, on Aberdeen, who finished above them last year. With that negative backdrop, how surprising was it that Rangers got Stephen Gerrard? It's quite interesting how, how they've done it. Uh, you know, I didn't think for a minute Stephen Gerrard would take the job. It was one of those ones when the speculation first arose that Gerrard was a, a contender for the job. I'm only speaking personally here. I, I didn't believe it. I thought it was it was a lot of paper talk. You know, there was a lot of spin towards it. And then when it discovered that he'd been in Glasgow for talks and everything else, he was obviously keen to to cut his managerial teeth. He had a year at Liverpool, uh, working in the, the academy under Jurgen Klopp and, and identifying certainly one or two of the players that he's, he's brought in that he thinks can do a job for him. I think it could be a good appointment overall if he gets the right results, and that's ultimately what it's all about. And when you're managing a team like Rangers, you know, results have to be the first order of the day. He's got to be given time as well. He is still a rookie manager. He will make mistakes along the way, but it's important that the fans stay patient for him. In the long term, if it works out, it could be a great thing for him. There's, uh, he's never hidden his desire to want to manage, and I dare say he'd love to manage his beloved Liverpool one day. If he gets it right at Rangers, that could go a long way into helping him achieve that. In terms of Rangers fans, what are the expectations for this season? Do they think they can challenge Celtic for the title, or are they a bit more cautious? 
I would have to say I think there's some that would that would love that, but I think even the, the most ardent of Rangers fans will be realistic enough to say as, as long as they get closer to Celtic, maybe even beat them once or twice this year, and that's something Rangers haven't really done since that they came back to the top flight. In fact, they haven't done. Uh, come to think of it, they've actually been on the end of some rather embarrassing defeats. So if they at least nick a win somewhere along the line, that could lay the foundation for, for possible success later on. Winning the league, I think, is a bit too much of a of a jump for Rangers to do this year. Second place, I think, would be acceptable, in my opinion, in the eyes of the fans. If they get above Aberdeen, that's that's good going in that point of view. Winning the league is a bit of a stretch. Closing the gap is a must for Rangers. Winning the league would only happen if Celtic have a really bad season, and I don't think Brendan Rodgers would allow that to happen, that's for sure. On Spotify, smart speaker and podcast platforms everywhere, this is the Totally Scottish Football Show from Money Knees Media. JJ, let's talk a bit about Hibs. Uh, what, what are you expecting from them this season? Must I think the, the you know the entertainers of the Premiership, I would say. <laughs> entertainers. I think Hibs. Billy McGeoch, it's a big loss. If John McGinn goes to Celtic, which looks like he, you know, he's probably going to go at some point, That's right, yeah. that'll be a huge loss as well. But I think Neil Lennon is such a good manager that I'd imagine he can get the most out of them that he can, and that should be fourth. Fourth or they could even push third. Yeah. And if things go their way, who knows, maybe second, but not first. They could do it, they could do I mean, I, I know Dylan McGeer going to Sunderland, um, Jack Ross pillaging a bit of Scottish football there uh, once he went to Sunderland. And, and if they lose John McGinn, okay, that midfield is a little bit bare. But Stevie Mallon coming in is, is a really you know exciting player. Yeah. And, and he's already scored a couple of goals now for Hibernian in the League Cup. Yeah, from the very little I've seen of him in Hibs colours, he's been very good. He's done well. He went down down south, played for Barnsley. He's came back, and I think it's a real good signing for Hibs. If uh, you keep McGinn a bit longer, it'd be really handy, would it? Just if they even kept him till January and solidify their position in the league and give uh, Neil Lennon some time to to maybe find a a replacement for them they can score goals they're organised that's all you need to be in the SPFL as long as you're organised know what you're doing and you've got a bit of something about you going forward mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the boys can pick a pass I think they're going to be decent well I hope I hope that um, they can get through uh, this Europa League tie you know, as, as we record this now um, they are you know not long from kicking off against Asteris Tripolis uh, they're 3-2 up on aggregate you know they were 2-0 down and they've came back. That that seems to be a thing about Neil Lennon's side. He, he, he can certainly keep them going the full 90 minutes. He can reverse the hibsing. <laughs> the rev- yeah. He does, though, because that, that, honestly, a few years ago, guaranteed that that is going to turn into a 5-6-0. Mm. Do you know? But there's just something about having that character in a dressing room. Like, he's a big name, do you know? And he knows what he's talking about. He's done the things in Europe. I think he just went straight, just tore into them. And because he knows what he's talking about, and he knows how to set up a team well. Well, I said I said they're the entertainers. They've played three competitive games, scored fifteen, and conceded seven. What? What? That's what we expect. Scottish football. Let's talk about um, Kilmarnock. Yeah, fan. Um, I think Steve Clark's done a very good job. But then everyone talks about how good Steve Clark, how good Steve Clark is. But he should know his stuff. He's from the elite. He is, he is. League. He studied under some of the best managers, you know, going. Spent time at Newcastle, he was at Chelsea. Like. And he's had his he's had his, you know, his time as a manager. I think it's important, you know, that a manager can, you know, be number one and fail. I think being number one and failing is not necessarily a bad thing for the manager. It's a bad thing for the club. But if he can, you know I mean it's bad strikes, for some managers. <laughs> well, yeah, some managers who never maybe come back and it's not a good you know, Steve Clark's not afraid. 
um, to 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 fail and come back. And and since he's uh, joined Kilmarnock, he's he's worked wonders for me. And if they can replicate, he, he looks healthier. He looks happier with teams like Killy. If you've got a limited bunch of players, mm-hmm. if you are a good coach and you can set them up to be very hard to beat and take advantage of those turnovers and counterattack well, which is what they did last season, that's how you win points. When Clark came in, he won more points than I think Aberdeen did. Yeah, he lost. He lost only six games that's out of twenty nine. Incredible, and I wonder if we can keep it up. The big loss is obviously Yusuf Malumbu, mm. um, who seems to love West Brom. He's got <laughs> he's got it everywhere. All of his also on his Twitter. I mean, this is not legally binding or anything but uh, he says he's still a Kamarnock FC player and there is a chance he could go back if no one else takes him you never know he left on a free at the end of his contract didn't fancy it you never know you never know you, you might do, you do know but um, yeah they've made some signings I think they've got Chris Boyd who can score the goals they need on the counter attack he just mm-hmm. stands up there and poaches uh, and he's one of the best we've ever had in Scotland oddly well he just got a hat trick yeah. the other day he just can't stop scoring um, and because they're so hard to beat and Steve Clark has them well drilled they're clearly a well coached team whenever mm-hmm. you see them they look well coached well drilled organised everyone knows the position and what they're meant to do but Malumbu is a big boss I think I think Chris Boyd again will be a key man for Kamarnock I said about that you know at 22 minutes it took for that hat trick against Dumbarton in the Betfred club it's, it's, he, he is going to be key if he stays fit but what, what I think for Kamarnock fans is are they going to be happy to play that kind of defensive style football you know, ultimately, success breeds a little bit more for the fan. They want to play a bit more attractive football if they think they're doing well. Do you know, I think you enjoy that kind of football when you've come from a lower place Absolutely. and you're getting up. And once you get to like second and thirds, that's when you've got to start thinking we should be playing like Cruyff. Yeah, and I don't think... I don't think <laughs> and then Steve, you should play like Cruyff. I don't think Steve Clark will change the way he thinks Kilmarnock should play because he's he has to deal with what he's got and he, and he will try and get the best for the club. And I think that's what matters ultimately. Um, why don't we move on to uh, to Hearts? Let's do that. Um, Craig Levine has, you know, ripped up the the Ian Cathro squad and and started again. Yes. You know, dozen players signed, dozen players sold. Um, but what's important, I think, is you know Stephen Naismith has came back, and I think that's a real coup again for them. The amount of players they have coming in out is. Do you know when you work in a, in a you work for a company or something in a massive office and there's like 600 people there and you mm. know you're not going to know anyone's name by the end of the year. <laughs> yeah. You add them on Facebook but you can't really know who they are. I'd imagine that's what it's like being a player at Hearts. I think it's more of a worry when you have so many players coming in and you're kind of almost thinking, well, what's the... There must be a plan. There must be a plan. <laughs> uh, you know, if you talk about a company, if loads, of, if loads of people are being signed, I think that's a worry. What is the strategy? He signed three goalkeepers. Yeah, but it's guesswork almost. You would. Yeah, what's it? I mean, if he's, is he giving a list to the the people in charge to get the transfers done, and then they've just gone and signed every single one? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is he just writing down notes on his phone, and then <laughs> <laughs> it's a shared notes, and they're just going all by him then? Well, I, I don't mean, know. it's so hard to get a squad put together in that short space of time to you know to get your team. If you've got all these players coming in all the time, how are you supposed to set what you're doing? I mean, all Levine did last season. Was what I saw. I mean, I'm sure Hearts fans have seen a lot more than I did of Hearts, but it's so defensive. God, it's so. It's got Craig Levine written all over it. They played. Um, I saw them play at Pataudry actually, mm-hmm. and it was four five one all the way through, so deep. Just the one lad up front running about. He must be knackered. And that see Hearts, I think should be playing more entertaining football, but you can't do it unless you've got players in the same wavelength who are in an organised structured team. How can you possibly get that structure when you've got a heap of players coming in and out? Exactly. I, I couldn't agree more. I also think it's... I would have thought, wouldn't Craig Levine want to go back up to the director of football role? Would, oh. they, not, would they not 
are they still looking for a manager to come in? Are they going to stick with Craig Levine? I mean, they're going to have to do a search for a director of football and knowing Craig Levine is going to be one man for the job. <laughs> We're joined now by Adam Miller, known to many of you as Old Fun Facts on Twitter, or by those of you that read the Daily Record. Adam, welcome to the Totally Scottish Football Show. Uh, we've been looking ahead to the Scottish Premiership season, but it feels like the season in Scotland's been going on for about a month now. Uh, how excited are you for this? Oh, I'm extremely excited. Uh, I'm slightly stressed just trying to keep up with everything, because um, <laughs> I've made it my duty to be the guy who's on top of all the madness that's happening in Scottish football and you I are the guy. assumed I'd have the summer off but <laughs> obviously Scottish football had other plans What's your highlight so far during the summer? Eh, there's, there's been a few for me uh, the Queen's Park tweet the other week about a seagull dropping a squirrel or a pigeon dropping a squirrel onto the pitch at Hamden during a game uh, there was something brilliant and very kind of uniquely Scottish football about that. Um, I think my my highlight of the summer so far has probably been the Willow Flood saga. Are you familiar with this? Oh, it's amazing. I, I yes. saw it on your article. Yeah, so Willow Flood, if there's anyone who's not been following this, Willow Flood is essentially... Um, he's, he's He was playing for Dundee United until uh, late last season when he gets sent off during a playoff match, stormed off the pitch, shoved a camera and was never seen again. And then he resurfaced at Dunfermline with the most unhappy, reluctant <laughs> photo you've ever seen. The guy looked like one of these kind of hostage photos where he's supposed <laughs> to be well. But uh, it, was, it was one of those. And you thought, this isn't going to last. And sure enough, he lasted a total of nine days, I think it was, at Dunfermline, wow. and suddenly found himself playing in Bali uh, for uh, FC Bali in Indonesia. And that lasted something like three days before he got sent home from there because he couldn't get him a work permit. It's not even a holiday. Yeah, he's <laughs> <laughs> just a, a, a nice weekend away or something, but he's, uh, I don't even know if he's got a club yet. I don't think he has. No, I can't wait to see what his next um, club photo looks like. He could go over the top of the next one to make up yeah. for... A, do you remember when um, just chops Aaron Lennon signed for Everton? Oh, looked, that was amazing. He looked so sad. <laughs> yeah. What? Where have I gone to now? Willow Flood's going to look like the sun coming out of his face in the next one, just, <laughs> just smiling all over the place. If anyone's not seen that photo, it's worth just Googling Willow Flood Dunfermline. It's, it's a work of art. It's brilliant. What about Anthony Stokes? What's he, what's he up to? He's signed for a team called FC Tractor. Amazing. If they didn't already exist, you'd have to invent a team called FC Tractor. It sounds like a, uh, sounds like a, a five-a-side team. But <laughs> FC Tractor. Exist and Harry Forrester left Rangers to go there as well. That's right, that's right. You were mentioning about uh, the pigeon at Hamden. Uh, there was another bird incident in Scotland, was there not? The one, uh, the one I think you're referring to was when Ian McCall, the Air United manager, was giving an interview recently after that's the, the game. That's the and one. The eagle just flopped to its death on the pitch next to him, <laughs> and it was, it was. Kind of slightly harrowing, but also hilarious. I saw his face as well. His face wasn't looking too happy. He was almost yeah. like, what has just happened? The seagull yeah, died, it, Andrew. It was, yeah. I, mean, I think the way that it was it sort of combined being utterly ridiculous with a kind of bleak, but also brilliant was probably <laughs> a, a good 
kind of summary of Scottish football. Is that, is that, is that yeah. perhaps a few bad omens for, for Air United? I don't know. For Air United, but Ian McCall's never come across like the, the most cheery guy anyway, so <laughs> yeah, that's probably in keeping. I've never known so many bird deaths before a Scottish football season. Adam, if if there was one thing you know that you love most about Scottish football, because it's great, you know what you put up online. What do you love the most about Scottish football? It's close to you. Um, I, I, it's hard to narrow it down. I, I think the fact that it's a, uh, it's really really passionate. But most people, and I say most with a big asterisk at the side of it, but most people can have a laugh about it. Um, when you get people that can't take a joke about their own team, I've got no interest in talking to people like that. But mm. there's so many people making jokes about what's happening in Scottish football because there's constantly bizarre and surreal things going on. But at the same time, there's real passion. The, the attendances are on the rise as well. Yeah. Um, someone summed it up brilliantly, and I don't have the tweet in front of me, and I can't remember who said it, so apologies to them. But someone made a point recently because there's been a few negative comments from journalists down south about things like Adam Rooney going to Salford from Aberdeen and things like that, talking about a new law for Scottish football. Someone essentially made the point that most of the time Scottish football fans hate each other and they're constantly having a go at each other and it gets pretty heated. But the minute anyone from England says anything about our game, (laughs) there's this massive sense of unity. You know, and uh, and it brings everyone together, and suddenly everyone's really, really defensive about Scottish football. And I think at the moment people have a people have a right to be kind of proud of the game. And we've got thankfully some really good people talking it up. I think Chris Sutton, for all that he does play up to this sort of panto villain role and everything, he's been great in the last week or so, just uh, shouting down the English pundits, even though he is one himself. Mm-hmm really kind of been a great advocate for Scottish football, for the, the passion of it and, you know, for the intensity and also the slightly surreal aspects of it. You're listening to the Totally Scottish Football Show with Andrew Slaven. Let's get back to our club-by-club preview um, and move on to Motherwell, JJ. Yes, uh, I've been so impressed with Stephen Robinson. Why? Uh, he's just made them... I mean, there's not a great group of players, but he make, he's made them so much better. And you, you can see when they play there, like Clark's Kilmarnock, they're very well organised, they've cleared pressing triggers. I think the one problem they've got is that you can tell that they've been told to do all the things they're doing. It doesn't seem to come naturally to the mm-hmm. players. You can see that they know when to go then. You know, so the ball's in the final third. They know that the centre mid comes over to cover that passing lane and you can see it's all been so drilled. And they don't have an, an awful lot going forward. But they have signed Connor Salmon. Yeah, they have signed. Will he Tom, make a difference? I, I I think he's you know, he's on loan again. I mean, Hearts clearly don't want him, but also <laughs> nobody clearly wants to buy him. So <laughs> he's he was on loan at, at Partick Thistle last season. Um, it, it just seems to me that it, it's just maybe a bit of numbers. Maybe he'll you know hit the form that he hit at Kilmarnock when he scored twenty odd goals by Christmas. Got a move to Wigan. Hey, he's a name you know, and uh, he's done. He's scored goals before. He's got one Premier League goal <laughs> for Wigan. So that's sign you know, him up. Yeah, get him sorted. Um, one thing I would say about Motherwell is the, the, you know, we talk about Adam Rooney going to the National League. Motherwell seem to uh, pillage the National League quite a lot. They've now got Danny Johnson from Gateshead. They got Ryan Bowman a few years ago from Gateshead, and they've yes. still got Elliot Freer. So I don't, I don't know. It's, it's interesting, you know. I think 
the, the fifth year of English football, albeit there, there can be some stars, Jamie Vardy, one of them, it's a bit of a risk. Um, Danny Johnson, he's, he scored 45 goals last season. Oh, sorry, in the last three seasons. Yeah, that's a lot better, yeah. Yeah, it's... it's um, I don't know. He might he might do the job, but... Uh, uh, I mean, these players are all... There's so many players that'll be of a similar talent, you know, a similar mindset. How do you mm-hmm. find them? You know, you can go and scout all you want, but you'll come up with the same sort of names. It's why they've probably signed Connor Salmon because he's the guy you know. He's yeah. done the rounds. It's fitting. You know, if you want to hire someone to do a job to paint your to paint your fence, you're going to choose someone that you probably know <laughs> rather than some <laughs> random person that you know from Gateshead who's done this. But uh, you'll just have to see. I mean, some players will come in and just absolutely fly. I think it's a lot about mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of players in that level will be of the same natural quality, but with how they adapt to their surroundings and where their heads at is mm-hmm. important. If that makes sense, I think it does. So, um, how about St Johnston? Um, Tommy Wright is still there. They overperformed for years. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've secured three fourth place finishes. Last year was eighth. Mm-hmm. Overperforming for so long before last season, and that's why I think it's a surprise to see Tommy Wright still there. I think he's a very good manager mm. who has operated well for St Johnston, and and there would be no surprise if he'd actually gone down south. But um, he's still there. He's, I still think he's doing a good job. Um, five years he's been there as well. Um, I think if if he um, is still quite as not moody is the wrong word, but I mean he was getting pretty grumpy. The last season, mm. and if he keeps doing that, I can see maybe he'll just part ways. And I can't. I mean, to Johnson versus anyone in that division, um, I would believe any scoreline you told me. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. So Johnson versus Dundee, name a score: four nil. Believe it. Two all. <laughs> I believe that too. Nil nil. Most likely. Yeah, yeah. Do you know? Well, I'd, it'll be a tough one for St. Johnson this season. I know they've brought in Tony Watt, um, similar to Connor Salmon in a way. You know, he's 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 gone off. Um and and lived off the salmon's a gone off. Of, uh, salmon's gone off. Uh, he's he's living off a bit of a reputation when he scored that goal for Celtic against Barcelona in the Champions League. He needs to he needs to do something uh, this season, and I think Tommy Wright can keep him right. Oh, <laughs> the right stuff. It'd be really nice if Tony Watt fulfilled the potential that he was warranted by scoring that goal. Mm. I mean. He didn't just score that one goal no, that season, of course, but that's the one that he's, you know... <laughs> he's remembered fondly for. But it has not haunted him, I bet he thinks about it nightly. But um, it's what you can judge him against. Um, maybe he writes the right guy, like you said, for the job. Who knows? I mean, it's again, it's a, it's a down to Tony Watt. If he's got his head screwed on and he's really keen to improve and, you know, get into that team and become a striker he could have been, then great. Anyway, let's go into Dundee. And uh, their manager is Neil McCann. Mm-hmm. I have no idea if he's a good manager or not. I can't I know, tell. I know he doesn't like Tommy Wright. That's for sure. <laughs> they had a bit of a bit of a barmy um, back in March uh, when they faced off. It was a bit of a relegation That's scrap right, at the time. They had a bit of a bit of a you know a few words to say about each other. But Neil McCann more so. He he said that Tommy Wright is no longer you know his friend. <laughs> certainly, but he's not allowed back to Dens Park apparently. You know, not welcome here. Um, I mean, he will have to go there. <laughs> he will be. Yeah, yeah, he will be. If I was um, Tommy Wright, I would go there on purpose now. Although Dundee go to St Johnston first, I think. And they're playing each other at the end of the month mm-hmm, as well. Mm-hmm, That'll be mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. Although that is at McDermott Park, not in Dens. He says, we talk about McCann being a, a wee bit fiery, I think. He says he's learned his lessons, but he won't be changing his aggressive approach to management. Yeah. The thing about managers, right? So you want to make your team 
in your own image. Mm-hmm. But what image is Dundee in? I don't see. I don't see. I mean, they they pass the ball sideways a lot. Yeah. Give it away. They're, they're definitely, for me, and sorry Dundee fans, I think they are going to be in a similar position they were in last season. They will be fighting relegation. I, I don't. I think they have one of the smallest um, you know, squads in the yeah. division. They, they do need to you know, add to that if they're going to you know, challenge. I don't see them reaching top six. So it's going to be a really tough season for Neil McCann. What do you think about Hamilton then? Another team who might struggle... Uh, I think they're going to be in trouble this season. I think they've lost all their decent players. Yeah, but they have got Ziggy Gordon back. <laughs> but <laughs> I love his name. Doug Imrie is 35, and he's still probably the most important player. Yeah. I mean, I know Boyd is 35 at Kilmarnock, but it's just not... I mean, Martin Canning has done some job keeping them up. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they've managed it. This, I think this could pro- maybe be the last season that they're here after the, the lovely stay they've had. Um, do you, I've got a little fact for you as well. Go for it. The, do you know the last time that Hamilton won away in the league? Uh, no. Some time ago, though. Yeah. You're it, setting it up. I found it in my notes. It was uh, in November 2017. Oh, man. It was against Rangers. Oh, really? Yeah. So, I guess... It's they can look back on it quite fondly then. I guess so, yeah. <laughs> it's one of the reasons Scottish football is just really fun. Yeah. I, I mean, what is that stat? Uh, they've, they've got to arrest that. Well, but they've got this pitch. They've got a new pitch. They mm-hmm. spent 750 grand on it because it was voted the worst in a poll between a bunch of um, companies' mm-hmm. bodies I can't remember the names of. Mm-hmm. So they've got that. It's still plastic, you know, so they've got that to deal with. And it's not fun to play on for a professional. They can't read the bounce as well. It means you can't con- construct your passing game the way you want to. Mm-hmm. So they're basically playing, you know, percentage football the entire time. They go away. They've... <laughs> Not had the same pitch to play on. They're at disadvantage. I think they're maybe in a bit of trouble. Yeah. Let's go on to um, St Mirren, who, of course, have lost uh, Jack Ross, who is a very, very, very talented coach. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, they absolutely romped to the championship uh, last season. 12 points. They won it by. But in Alan Stubbs, they've got someone who knows the division, or he knows at least Scottish football. He's played at this level. Does that matter? Um, it, it does to some extent. Um, Could you... He he should he should know players that are you know going to be good enough for this level whether or not he can actually get those. But players. that's what your scouts do though, right? So this is the thing that I found funny when there's people were you know slagging off Stephen Gerrard. He didn't know I didn't know anything about the Scottish Premiership. Doesn't mm-hmm. matter mm-hmm. because if you taken like Marco Silva, right? He went to the English Premier League <laughs> and he went in from I can't remember where he went from. Greece, Olympiacos, I think. Yeah. And he came in. and They're all going. Oh, he doesn't know anything. Ah, disgusting. Brexit. And they were trying <laughs> and they're trying to get you know, paint Marco Silva, put him into a corner or whatever. And it turns out he's a very talented football coach, knows yeah. exactly what he's talking about, surrounded himself with the right people, got his stuff together, fine. Gerard is a unproven manager, but he's got Garner Callister and knows a bit to help him with. He's got a scouting network already in place at Rangers, etc. St Mirren's got Alan Stubbs coming in, they'll the same scouting crew, I think. I have not read that they've changed anything there. But they have to get more out of these players. Alan Stubbs won the Scottish Cup with Hibs, mm-hmm. and Hibs fans remember him fondly for that. He didn't get them promoted for two years. That team was good. Yeah, it's a very. It was a similar similar team that uh, Neil, Lennon. Neil Lennon. And Neil Lennon comes in and fixes it straight away. You know, they come straight up, and then they're mm-hmm. challenging for a second last mm-hmm. season. And there's a big difference in, in talent manager, and he he didn't have a good time at the Rotherham. He was in Rotherham for four months, I think. It yeah, is. he didn't yeah. last. Didn't last long. Maybe I'll be totally wrong about Alan Stubbs. 
Um, but I, I think St Mirren are in trouble as well. Mm. Uh, they've got some uh, quite good players. I don't think there's anyone outstanding. There's there's nobody there's nobody to pick out. You know, losing Lewis Morgan to Celtic, massive loss, absolutely huge. Yeah. Um, I mean, he carried them for a lot of last season. Not carried, so that's too heavy. But he was very very important to their promotion push. Livingston are back in the Scottish Premiership after back-to-back promotions. So we're now joined by Livingston blogger Andrew Semple. How are you doing, Andrew? Uh, not bad. How are you? Aye, not bad, mate. Not bad. Um, must be great, Livingston, back in the Premiership. Yes, it's exciting times. Exciting times for the club, that's for sure. How's it been, you know, the past, you know, back-to-back promotions? And then it must have been a bit of a surprise last season. Did you expect to be, you know, you know going up? <laughs> I don't think anyone expected that. It's been uh, it's been a crazy couple of years supporting Livingston, that's for sure. Uh, when we get promoted from League One to the Championship, I think uh, most people had us down as going back down again, not getting promoted. Uh, so to to be anywhere near that was incredible, but to to end up getting promoted was just unreal. It was it was just incredible. It really was. How do you feel about the David Hopkins thing? Do you feel do you mind that he's gone? Is Kenny Miller going to do a job? Yeah, it's, it's, it was a bit disappointing. Yeah. Uh, I, I was the first to admit that uh, when Hopkins got given the job uh, after we got relegated to League One, mm-hmm. uh, it's safe to say that I wasn't a fan. Uh, I think uh, most Livingston fans felt the same, that it wasn't the right move to appoint him in the first place. But, boy, how did he show us wrong there? Oh. Um, yeah, he was, he was assistant to Mark Burchill, wasn't he? Yeah. Yes, he was. Yeah, Burchill came in and... Uh, it didn't quite work out there. Uh, Hopkins took over, so he made his own signings in January, but it didn't work. We got relegated, uh, a bit of a whimper mm-hmm. against Dranraar in the playoffs. And uh, I think at that point, most fans thought, well, he won't be the manager next season. Uh, so, yeah, it's just been incredible. What a turnaround he's made. He's, he's made me eat my words, that's for sure. <laughs> How are you feeling now with Miller then? Have you seen Libby play with Miller in charge? Yes, I've seen us pre-season. I've seen us in the, the League Cup group stages, the Betfred yeah. Cup. Uh, we've certainly changed our style. Um, Kenny Miller wasn't wasn't my first choice. Uh, I, I had £40 on Gary Holt, so, <laughs> <laughs> so, so I was hoping it was going to be him, but um. obviously not. Uh, but yeah, Kenny Miller's came in, and the thing with Kenny Miller is we're not just getting a manager, we're getting a player. And, yeah. and for a player like Kenny Miller to sign for Livingston, it's it's a bit of a coup for the club. What what, uh, what do you think the expectations are? Is it just... Do, do you think Livingston have you know, enough to stay up this season? Do you think it is a bit of a risk with Kenny Miller as much as uh, he is a, a player that can improve you? Yeah, I mean, I mean uh, don't, don't get me wrong, it's going to be a, a, an incredible season in the Premier League. It's a, a league we didn't expect to be in. Uh, but I think, like last season, we might take a few teams by surprise. Uh, obviously, we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. Staying in the league mm-hmm. will be an incredible achievement. It will be up there with getting promoted. Uh, because at the end of the day, we've got a small squad, a young squad. Kenny Miller, he is a risk. Uh, he's no managerial experience, but he's played at the highest level. And you're getting a player that, that scores goals at that level. And I look at the rest of the league and I don't see many teams out with the top four or five that have got as good a strike force as we do with Kenny Miller, Ryan Hardy, players like that, players that I think will score goals at that level. So I think that might be the difference between us staying up and going down. You said um, it's a bit of a change of style. 
Uh, yeah. What what have you seen? He's changed his shape a bit. I think it was uh, last time I saw it was about three five two or something. Miller yeah, putting himself that's up. That's right. Is there any difference in the way they play? Is that they're trying yeah, to keep the ball? Yeah, we're playing we're playing more of a, a four at the back now. We're, we're playing a lot more football from the back uh, under Hopkin. We we had this image and, and people saw the club being a bit physical, but to be honest, I didn't see that. I do, I missed maybe a couple of games last season, and yeah, we were we were physical in a way but I wouldn't say in a bad way we were more energetic than other teams and, and that wasn't to say that we were kicking people off the park it was we were getting in people's faces teams faces mm-hmm. and and teams didn't like that and they saw that as a physical sort of play whereas it was nothing like that this season we're passing it out from the back a bit more uh, we're trying to build from the back whereas last season we tried to get it forward a bit quicker so it, it just depends how that's going to work it, it depends on the teams we come up against, like say Saturday against Celtic, we won't get much opportunity to pass it out from the back, I don't think, so it'll be interesting to see how we go. It's a perfect start, isn't it? Yeah. Perfect start to your your season, coming up against the champions. It would be be lovely to go there and uh, cause a bit of a shock, but I'm a realist as well, and if (laughs) if we keep it tight and we compete, that's all I'm looking for from the weekend, really. Thanks for listening. We'll be back on Monday reviewing the action up and down the leagues with the headline act at Pataudry. It's Aberdeen versus Rangers with Stephen Gerrard making his premiership bow. We'll speak to you then. You've been listening to the Totally Scottish Football Show, a Muddy Knees Media production. For sales and advertising, email sales at muddykneesmedia.com and make sure you check out our other football podcasts, the Totally Football League Show with Caroline Barker and, of course, the Totally Football Show with James Richardson. Thank you.